This is Andy Kindler, and you're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio, in case you had no idea what you were doing. That's what you're doing. Continue to do it. chance to say yeah you're right we're too extreme we're too wild we're too out of control we're too full of our own shit or we have a chance to say hey fuck you you're wrong fuck you we're right just rolling out of the gutter no way us too this is anything goes with darren frost how the fuck am i funny dave martin what have we got here a fucking comedian and kathleen mcgee and i'll execute every motherfucking last one of you can you dig it All right. Hey there, everybody. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, whenever you're listening to us. But we're glad that you are. Or good this morning. Is, or good morning. It's possible right. that people Don't could be morning, listening people in the morning. Up. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, or they could be watching us as the uh, sun comes down, up and or down. Or down. On their, uh, you know, they're coming up or down. Down off of a, a down meth, off or something. Off a meth bender. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is anything goes. With That's Darren. what the show is. Oh. This is anything goes with Darren Frost, Kathleen McGee, and I am Dave Martin. And uh, how are you doing, Darren? I'm doing well. Thanks, Dave, for that intro. That was uh, very, very well done. Well, okay. uh, that was definitely a top ten moment there for us no, in the intro good. world. If we, we're going to do a yearly top ten intro, and we're going to play them all in a row. <laughs> oh, that's going to be the worst show ever. Oh, yeah, just like this top ten intros. It'll be like 25 minutes long, and there'll be laughter and joy. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I did nothing this weekend. It was my birthday weekend. I turned 41, so I'm 14 years away from my Freedom 55 shotgun 55 uh, anniversary, so did, I'm looking forward to that. Did any girls show you their tits for not 20 bucks? Not this year, not well, for 20 bucks. Well, you know, it's me. I got I a tour give, with Kathleen McGee. That's yeah. all that happens. 20 bucks for per titty. Per you titty. Know, you, you don't have a retirement plan, do you? No. No. I have three kids. They're my RSC program. What are they going to do? Are they going to They're going to have to do they're going to change my diaper like I changed theirs and that's it. I you know, they puked in my mouth and I'm going to puke in theirs. They're going to find out what grandpa shakes taste like, that's for sure. Or they're going to have to make enough money to put you in a nice home. That's right. Yeah. Do that's you, right. Do you have uh, any thought now of what your kids could possibly do to uh to um, to make money to support no. you as an old no. man? I always have said, once my youngest turns 18, I'm just going to get a gun and kill a bunch of people, and then we're done. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you were going to get a gun and kill him. No. I just thought you no. could do that at no. any age. No, no, I don't have to wait till 18 for that. Thanks, Dave. No, 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 exactly, you don't. <laughs> On a high note. You uh, could kill your kid anytime you want. That's right, yeah. And uh, where were you this weekend, Dave? Uh, I was in uh, Kingston, uh, as I uh, just remembered. I didn't. I forgot where I was this past weekend. But right, I was just in, uh, like the intro. I was yeah. in Kingston, and uh, yeah, good uh, good shows all around. Uh, very uh, uneventful. The uh, usually crappy hotel room hotel that we stay in has uh, somehow uh, improved itself. Yeah, they spent a lot of money fixing that place. But up. I don't. Yep. Can you name what their improvements are? What were this? Their well, the pool and and uh, the rooms have all gotten better aesthetics. They've, uh, you know, better televisions. Just everything is just a complete overhaul. Do you still need a key to get into the room? Or uh, yes, yes, oh, a key. Okay. They're yeah. still old school the key. Yeah. And they used to. They've uh, they've gotten rid of their. Uh, they used to have the you, the remote control would be attached to something on the yeah, nightstand. So you couldn't take it with you. So yeah. you couldn't take it with you. Yeah. And then I always thought, oh man, are there a lot of uh, TV controls getting uh, uh, you know uh, stolen? Yep. And then on Saturday night, I couldn't find my. I thought I lost my remote control in my hotel room, and then I thought, oh man, then fuck if it was just on that. If thing, it was just attached could, to the right. fucking thing then yeah. i would be okay right now uh and uh kathleen where were you 
Um, I was in Ottawa all nation's weekend. Capital. Our nation's capital. And it was super fun. We did uh, some shows. We had some shows for engineers. We met mm-hmm. some engineers. Those are crazy crowds. Yeah, they were really... Ottawa yep. has some really great crowds, and I yep. had a fun time the entire weekend. It was such really good shows. Uh, this week in the news, uh, in our world of stand-up comedy, two uh, major events has happened. Uh, the booker for David Letterman, Eddie Brill, was fired after making statements to uh, a publication about his views on women in comedy. Fired! This, this argument's been going on for three or four years, ever since the Christopher Hitchens article in Vanity Fair. It keeps coming up and then burying itself and coming up. Are women funny? Are they not funny? Right. And, you know, I've read a lot of blogs about it this week, and probably the best person, I can't remember her name, Dave, you sent me the link. Jen Kirkman? Uh, I think so. The one is just like the whole Kurt Cobain reference. Yeah, Jen Kirkman. Yeah, Jen Kirkman. You know, it's like enough. Let the guys say the women are funny. She's tired of saying it. And I, you know, I agree with that kind of mentality for it. The one thing I don't like is, like, I have my problems with with not Eddie Brill, but the idea of Eddie Brill doing... what he does is he teaches classes to young comics, and those young comics may feel that by taking these classes, they have a chance of getting the inside track to getting on Letterman. And, you know, I took his class, and Eddie said that right off the top. That's not what this is, and he was very clear about it. But I still think some people do believe that. I kind of yeah. think that that might have been more of the reason, not just the woman quote like the, uh, about he thought that women weren't authentic in, in comedy and that we had to act more like men these days to get laughs, which— right. I don't know. Maybe we do. Who knows? But there's... I hate this argument. I'm sick and tired of it. There's some funny guys, and there's some funny girls, and there's some really not funny girls, and there's some really not funny guys. But does he really deserve to be fired? I mean, I don't like I said. I have my issue with him on something else, but to be fired for this, well, is I, kind I think, of I think sad. They, they might have wanted to get rid of Eddie Brill anyways. But I mean, yeah. he, he was basically saying he seemed like he was saying that like he just found that women have to be more aggressive on stage, uh, and he and he related being aggressive as a male trait. But right. I don't and think so, he. I don't like to answer Darren's question. I don't think he should have been fired. I think he should have stayed in there and then because really I think it would have been better for women because then he would have had to prove everyone right, wrong right. and put more women on the show. I think that if he had stayed on, it would be better for women in comedy anyway, just because he would have felt I just, the need to. My, my other... just, I'm just sick of this argument. And I think that. That female ejaculate is funnier than male ejaculate, though. I would it like depends to say where that. it goes, right. where it right. lands. No, I think it's always it's much funnier depending on no. where yeah. the male ejaculate yeah. lands. Yeah, I don't know yeah. About that because yeah. I you got to be around some different dudes. There's some there's some creative ways. You know, and also if some, you don't know it's a male ejaculate and then yeah. you, it gets used for something like halfway else. down a water slide, I mean, it's pretty fucking this, funny. There was or this hair, one time. There was this one time with a guy where I but and I was like, yeah. Usually I find male ejaculate not very funny, but right. this time it was very funny. Well, it's not funny when it gets in your eye. It's only funny when it gets in someone else's eye. Well, sometimes when it gets in your eye, you, you have to laugh at it. Well, yeah, with a, but a wet that's towel. Basically what but I you know, feel about the, the, I just the thing about Eddie Brill is, I just think, okay, reprimanded, maybe talked to, like you said, given a chance to prove himself. There's been a lot of female comics coming out this week and defending Eddie and and all that. I, I can't remember who said. I really wish I wrote this person's name down. Bonnie you, McFarlane no, wrote a really good one. About well, maybe, him. but one person had said that it's the idea. And I think her first name was Anne. You sent it to me, Dave. Get her name because I know you wrote them all down. But the idea of um, I'm just who writing wants down to do it. who wants to do Letterman anyways? It's a very kind of old school type show. It is, and only old school kind of comics do it. Like I knew right away, I'm never doing Letterman. One, I don't think I'm funny enough, and two, I'm too edgy and too out there for what Dave Letterman's standard comics are. Well, the two comics. Comics in the New York Times thing that called out Eddie Brill the most were Anthony Jeselnik and Amy Schumer. And neither of them fit no, that demographic of what comics do it. Yeah. They, they should know that they're more for Conan or Kimmel. And why, right. why do they want to go on an older demographic show anyway? It's like me 
you know, when I'm not that disappointed when CBC isn't knocking on my door because right. the CBC demographic are not the people that are going to come to my club shows and right. enjoy it. If somebody saw me on CBC and then somebody came and saw me at a club, even if I had written a completely clean set, they would be super disappointed Absolutely. because I'm not what I'm right. being represented as on television. And that's what's annoying about television comedy is that people see it. It's super censored. It's super clean. It's super lame sometimes and then they come to the club and they see those comics but those comics now are not being censored and they're doing the act the way they like to do their act and these people are like well that's not the type of person i thought that that was gonna right so it's it's not good for comedy to be censored like that well like that. Uh, but i mean you're, you're going on a show and you know the parameters of the show and they're trying to make david letterman be like the next johnny carson but we don't really live in, a, in an age where letterman uh, being on letterman, your career uh, it right. doesn't yeah it doesn't define your career anymore it's not like you know that uh, steven Right story of where you know he, he got seen in Boston and then three weeks later he's on the Tonight Show and then he's making huge crazy money right. at, at clubs because his rate goes up. I mean, there's so many. Or, you know, another good one is David Steinberg. He has a great story of oh, David, bombing, David bombing in uh, New York and uh, not doing very well and then getting on the Tonight Show and then the next day, boom, it's like his career started. But that's I, that's back when there was only like one or two talk right, shows. Sure. I think the whole thing about this, too, is that he was fired for... It was stupid. He shouldn't have been fired. And I think I read on Facebook or something, Sean LaComber, who's a comic out West, he wrote something about these corporations are so scared yeah. to stand behind their employees right. if anything goes wrong that, that you know, you can't say anything anymore. You cannot express your opinion. You cannot... And it's in the end, it's your opinion. It doesn't mean that Eddie Brill you know, is right or that he's wrong, but that's also just... part of that argument, he, he was quoted as saying things and then I read somewhere else where it could be taken out of context because he said women aren't authentic. Authentic. He never said all women. Yeah. He a Some, couple names yeah. no a couple names were given to him as examples and he claimed they were not authentic. Now those names were never made public, but that's a different argument than saying women aren't authentic as yeah. comics than saying this one comic I feel isn't very authentic. That's if, a different argument. If this had been a podcast too where it wasn't on it was unedited like a, sure if it was like this show where we just we do the show and then we air the show there's no editing or anything if this had, if that's what it would be like you probably would have had a different reaction but it, because it's newspaper and people have been known to know like it's been known to like take people's words out of context you can't yep. you can't hear everything that he said to this guy and I don't know. And like just... I said, I'm not defending any Brill. I mean, I, I'm not defending anyone. I just sometimes when comics get into this kind of witch witch hunt mode, it kind of bothers me. It almost makes me want to fight for the other side but... of it because it's just weird. The the uh, the woman that wrote the thing about uh, the whole uh, Eddie Brill and Letterman thing is uh, her name is uh, Amy Carlson. Amy Carlson, and sorry. she wrote a uh, a good little piece called uh, "Everybody Gets a Trophy," and it's basically about how you know I mean it's at the end of the day this is like showbiz and it's not fair and yeah. it's not everyone is going to get a Letterman spot and not everyone is going to become famous not everyone's going to get a Comedy Central special and it's like it's it's one guy's opinion and it's really shitty that he's the guy that opens the door right. to you being on a on a popular show but i mean letterman's letterman's ratings aren't aren't amazing either and mm -hmm. you know i mean if you had one spot on the howard stern show that they that gets like oh at least like six the times the amount of listeners that watch letterman i mean only what letterman I know, gets but like it's a bragging rights you know it the is deal. bragging it's rights yeah, i know because they still think it's a cool show or the, the history behind it but that's all it really is it's a bragging i mean it's bigger than any show i've ever done so i, I can't talk but there's a, at the same time well, I mean, the fact that they rights. the fact that they have so few comics makes it even big, bigger bragging rights but if he stuck around on the show and he, then he started
started putting women on, then everyone would be like, oh, you're only putting women on because of uh, all the shit that you got into. There's another like issue in the Toronto scene about, have you heard about this? It's like, it's like between like newer comics. So like Mm -hmm. amateurs to the comics that are doing a lot of self, self producing at the comedy bar and stuff like that. There, there is actually a girl, I don't even know who she is, but there's a female comic that's pissed because they, she's saying that these guys aren't putting enough girls on their shows and there should be a girl quota. And that pisses me off because right. you know what? If you're funny enough, you'll get on those shows. And by saying that there should be a girl quota on stuff, you're just pulling back. You're like you're taking down all the girl comics who have worked super hard to just become funny. And I don't want to get something because I have a vagina, which I just got my first Brazilian on. We'll talk about that soon. Later, but yeah. uh, but I I don't want to get a show because of that. I want to get I a show. I've said, said it ten thousand times. I don't view comics as female or male. I feel I feel they're funny first. Yeah. If I have to describe you as a female comic, I think that's a major negative. And I don't describe them that way, but that's a major negative. And I hang out with more female comics than male comics. Even more than me. Right. Right. Because, because they're not, they're I don't have all three motives. Yeah, yeah, they're, well, no, I think it's. I'm Dar- not Mr. Fucking Grabby Hands. No, Darren hangs out, you hold captive. No, no, I hang out, <laughs> right. Dave hangs out. Big difference. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we got to uh, wrap this up. We will talk some more about the other witch hunt. Well, uh, who do we have coming up, Darren? We, uh, after the break, our, our guest this week, uh, one of my uh, very best friends in comedy, James Cunningham from Eat Street. Uh, a great show. I don't know if you've ever seen it. This guy travels around. And they go to all the kind of like little carts and you can get the French fries and the poutine and shrimp crackers and all kinds of crazy uh, trucks all over North America. He's going to come in. He's a stand up comic. Not a lot of people know that before uh, Eat Street. So we'll talk to James Cunningham after the break. And he talks about swallows too, right? Yeah. Sparrows. Oh, sparrows. Yeah, we'll talk about that. (laughs) We'll hack on them. Okay. Guess which host bought a Shania Twain album just so they could do blow off her tits? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hi, I'm Noel Fielding, and uh, I'm performing in Toronto to the Torontonians, a rare breed of people with ram's legs who emerge from forests at dawn. You're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. Enjoy. From an undisclosed location obeying all their court orders, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break, and joining us in studio today, uh, stand-up comedian, actor, uh, writer, producer. He's wow. done his own thing for so many years. Wow. James Cunningham is in the studio. I, I can't believe I, I I can't believe I was a comic once. What? You were really? once, once a long, long time ago. People don't know he was a comic. No, but, long, but you know that. The TV. No, he, but most people don't know that you're a comic because wow. you don't perform in a lot of comedy clubs. In the clubs, yeah. Hey, right. Yeah, which I miss. I miss. But the, I yeah. knew. You know what? You were like one of the first comics that I ever saw on TV when I was a little really? kid. I used to watch. Oh my god! Oh. Little I, kid, <laughs> yeah, because oh little kids god. like the sound effects. Let's just be straight. Oh no, god. but I your Carson appearance you, that we saw you on. You didn't just say little kid. <laughs> yeah. You didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, I remember just being like sparrows. Oh. Me and my friends. Oh no, were like, swallows. Yeah, swallows. Of course. Well, of course, she said swallows. It was so impactful. Of course. She did get- Swallows. Sparrows. That's yeah. the that's the new version. But just so everyone knows, everyone understands James is active. I used to call James the white Michael Winslow. Oh well you and I started together in Hamilton like years ago. Who's Michael Winslow? Oh see He's a, the dude, police effects uh, oh, black dude. Okay, police effects. Okay. I know who Michael Winslow is. The black dude name. from police we're academy. Old. We're just old. Yeah, well Darren <laughs> and I started out, out in Hamilton uh, together. You, well no, Darren was slightly ahead of me because remember he was uh he was just he was the man. Like he Frosty was the man on amateur night. He was just graduating off amateur night when I was just starting. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, and we've always had. I mean, I think Darren, you know, you and I have always had this 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 differing opinion on on comedy. Sure. And uh, and you know, like you, you take your, you know serious hardcore art. Nick Frosty is like man, he's in. And I'm just I I've always been uh, kind of thing more of an entertainer. Like let's just have some fun and yeah. throw some stuff at the wall. See what. Yeah, happens. I mean, J- the one thing about James Cunningham, enjoy it, you know, the one, the one thing is that James never wants to uh, upset anyone or wants to make sure everyone's very happy at the show. I, I like a happy. I'm right. a, I'm a happy clappy, which is great, which is which is <laughs> fine, I'm, but I'm it's Darren's just a happy different. Happy guy. Mm-hmm. It's a different. It's a different energy. Yeah. Oh, totally different energy. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you you were a stand up comic for a good ten years. You well, did a I, lot of. I, I still am. <laughs> no, but you, what, what I you're not letting me do a timeline. Let me do a timeline so that people okay. understand. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I'm saying. You were pretty much just a stand up comic for ten years. Yep. yep. A good ten years in the club. I like how then, he says pretty much just a stand up. Yeah, but. pretty much just well, a stand up. Well, you did a, you James. did an odd commercial here or there. I did. Can, can a, I fucking very, get through this a, intro? A very or? odd commercial. You did what an odd I, commercial what here or there. For? This show, this show is so serious. I t- oh, you know, it took you ten minutes to get to Kathleen's uh, uh, Brazilian wax. We didn't even get to it. It was right. a comedy show. So let, let's let's Darren uh, give wow. the James Cunningham timeline. Okay, so, so okay, go ahead. Yeah, so I did. I dabbled in stand up for about ten years. I didn't say dabbled. I said oh, okay. you pretty much did stand up. Pre- that's where you did. made your income was in showbiz with stand up. true. Then you did a couple commercials. Yep, then you yep. made a conscious decision to to do more kind of corporate comedy right. than club comedy based on financial and also that money. Hungry, money hungry whore, right? Well, so, I, but, yep, yep. Go right? Ahead. Am, I, am I okay with the timeline so, so far? far so you good. I mean, how else are you going to afford your Gucci exactly. glasses and your jaunty that's, caps? It's polo, and, polo, <laughs> Ralph Lauren, and, and but, Gucci. But what a lot of people don't know is that before Eat Street or your big corporate shows yep. where you make a lot of money, yep, yep. you drove a lot of. You had a, a, one of the only the only comic I knew that drew drove that's, a fucking Russian car yep, yep. that smelled like gas that's all true. the time. Yes, it was a death oh, trap. Oh, I thought you meant like you drove a lot of. Like no, you like, drove a lot. It was, no, 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 it was a car. I was a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want that. That's why I got so much stage time to start off with because I actually had a freaking car. Right. Like yes. When I when I started out, like I mean, that's the thing that. That's uh, a tip that they I always remember, give people. If you are a, a comic and you're starting out, and you want stage time, get a car. Yeah. Because here's what here's what blew me away. When I used to go to Yuck Yucks and I would take dates to Yuck Yucks and I was in high school and go, oh, let's go to Yuck Yucks. And you see these headliners on stage and you figure they must be making like tons of money. Oh my God, to be a Canadian uh, entertainer. Like I mean, these guys are. Just rock stars, like the, the houses were packed, and you figure, oh, a headliner must make you know hundreds of thousands or something like that. And then, and then, uh, you know, I became a comic, got off amateur night, and I found that I'm picking up all the headliners at subway stations to drive them to gigs because <laughs> they don't I have know, cars. Yeah. All, all the guys wanna... I saw, like I was, I was like, aren't you the headliner? Wow, okay, holy they have, they shit. Have, wow. They have drug habits that they have to support. There's and that. Maybe yeah. some uh, and Brazilian children. waxes. I had a car when I was like, yeah, we'll talk about you know, that. That's yeah. Well, I had a car when I started in Edmonton, and I I drove all the time, and I I. Got Got gigs because of it, and yeah. I also, when I was in Edmonton, I would go to the clubs and I would drive the comics to and from mm-hmm. the hotels. Oh, yeah. for, and they became my friends because I was very, you know, I would drive them around and oh, yeah. whatever. It's just, it's like high school. When, when the, you said that you used to take dates to Yuck Yucks all the time, oh, yeah. and, and then so, uh, and and what's what light bulb went off in your head when you said, I want to go from being an audience member to the guy on stage? Oh, did you, well, have, did I mean, you have friends that would pressure you into it? And... Uh, not really. Like, I was, I went to theater school. As a, I'm an actor primarily, classically okay. trained yes. actor. And I thought, you See, know, I, I, did, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, cl- yeah. Many, I studied theater at the uh, University of Toronto for many years and uh, did a lot of live stage theater and uh, Shakespeare and uh, Jacobean tragedy. Yeah, there's, type a lot, of thing. there's a lot of really serious 8x10s. They're black oh, and white. There, there, James. James with hair. Of, it's hysterical. Oh, yeah. You oh, yeah, have hair? You had hair? I had back in the day. Uh, when oh, you were a kid. When you were a kid watching me do the swallows. You didn't have hair. Yeah, I didn't. No, I haven't had hair for a long time. No. But uh, but that yes. was rude of me. But I was a good. Yeah, well, you don't have any hair either, really. <laughs> ah, 
there was a, anyway. Okay. He really wants to talk about I've that. Been, I am gunning. That's the ninth time I mentioned it. I think. Yeah. But uh, I went to, uh, I grad, I was an actor and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, as an actor, maybe, you know, I could, uh, I, I always loved the art of stand-up. I thought it was fantastic and the whole craft of it because there's really no, you know, it's the purest form of theater. Like, I mean, it's just you on a, a guy on a stage with a microphone. Mm-hmm. What, how, how, like, it doesn't get better than that. That's awesome. You know, it, it, you can create everything you want. And uh, and that's where I think the whole entertainment aspect comes up. It's like you can create these worlds, right? You know, on stage and take people anywhere you want to go. I just I, I loved it. So I got into it and uh, did a couple amateur nights, and uh, of which Frosty was a, was a, was a part of in Hamilton. Yep. And I went to Hamilton because Hamilton was the place to get stage time, because uh, you know like uh, Toronto was 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 booked up. So I figured, well, Hamilton, lesser market. Yeah, we'll go out there and check it out. And uh, and we had a great little community out there, and we uh, a bunch of supportive guys. That's where I met Darren Frost, mm-hmm. one of my best friends. And uh, the, the rest is history. Now, how did you, uh, like, when you, at what point did you decide that I'm going to start doing more corporate stuff and, and get away from clubs? And when you made that decision, was there any that any point in your head where you're going to like, oh, man, I'm going to have to compromise the shit that I do on stage? Because uh, you're not no. really a filthy comic. But No. Like, I mean, I've never been, uh, I've always, you know, I've never been an offensive kind of, like, uh, guy. I've always appreciated comedy that, that made you laugh and uh, and and was clean. I just thought that there was a little little bit something. I, I don't know. Just just for me, it's not. It's just my personal thing. I mean, but yeah, but your your life you know, your like, life is I, very your life is very straight and very yeah, organized. Yeah, and yeah, and you're not oh, I'm, like I'm o, I'm, OC, I'm OC, what is it OCD OCD. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm very, you're not yeah, out drinking yeah. and and whoring no, it up on the weekend. No, so it doesn't not, really uh, make much sense. Your your yeah. character is you. Yeah. You know, most people say as soon as you can get yourself as your character on stage, that's yep. where it's at for you. Yep. And really, I can make fun of you about the corporate stuff like I do as a, in a joke, but in reality, that is you. That's me, yeah. And yeah. to do anything else see, is you wrong, get. you know? Yeah. And the whole thing is comedy clubs in the, in the 90s started kind of getting away from clean and right. getting more into dirty and more into dumbing it down and more into kind of edgy comedy, which wasn't really a place for you to grow or make any money at to live. Well, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, like, oh, like my comedy is so much superior and I'm so much I didn't more say that, but I'm saying about and, clean. I'm, yeah. I'm saying yeah, the problem no, with clean. I'm saying that, but, like, yeah, the, the clubs, uh, I think that, uh, I don't think it's that you, you really, you know, choose corporate. I think corporate kind no. of finds you. Yeah. Because there's really only, you know, and, and this is the thing, like, the thing with corporate, I mean, uh, you know, you, you have to ride, you have to ride that balance of, of going, you know, how do I make... You know, like I, I've got the, the the three presidents of this company in the in the front row, and they're Mormon, and yet everyone oh, from the front God, row back. That, oh, don't get me no. That I makes mean, me want to throw I mean, you, up. You, you can't say ass like you can't. Yeah. I mean, oh and, and not yeah. even, no, you can't say. Like, you, you have to say donkey. But, but here's a yeah. He, I mean, say, here's I fucked the, her in the donkey. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. See, I will book you in a corporate. You'll be my right. That's perfect. I fucked the shit out of Shrek. There we go. We're gonna do IBM next week. You and me, Dan. Donkey. I said, well, I have a bunch of donkey fucking jokes that I'll just be like, I <laughs> totally. could have said ass. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to say ass. Donkey screwing. I Sorry. left it to donkey. So what are the, so who, who were your influences? Because usually most comics are like, oh, Carlin and yeah. like, you know, all those guys. I love guys. Cosby. Like, co- like yeah. Cosby guy. That makes I mean, sense. Like I, like, I remember, I remember, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Cosby, what was the hell? Himself. That was the first. I remember well, that, that was the 87 yeah. stand-up special that oh, every dude, comic should every see. Every comic. And yep. Kathleen, if you haven't seen, have you seen himself? It's just. Is that it the was one shot with in the Hamilton, dentist? I think, too. Oh, yeah. The de- I mean, yeah. 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 I, I watched that when I was a little kid. Just like, like I watched you. And but. I remember, like, I remember. Oh, <laughs> man. Sorry. This is big How market for you, you James. Big How market. Old are you? How old are you? I'm 30. Oh, my yeah. God. I was when are you were a kid? I'm the only I was born 39. in 1981. But I remember God. watching you when I was a kid oh, on man, TV. Oh, man. Well, but, 
but um, but so like so I I remember like when we, when the VCR came out, Kathleen. Let me take you back to a time. Okay? <laughs> My uncle was way more into the, the Betamax. By oh, the way, this but. was this is this is during that time, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. It was long before you were born, and there was uh, our first VCR was, and the very first tape we rented was was Bill Cosby himself. Oh, and cool. I just remember that image of every single member of my family from like I mean everybody like there was like 14 of us around the you know gathering and everyone was just urinating Howling. themselves yeah. I thought that is <laughs> into a bowl which that is very is, weird yeah, which is weird that was a whole that's other a story lovely yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. a beautiful yeah. family memory but yeah and but the, the, the funny thing is is that is that like I you know, I came from a very you know like, like a very very normal sort of suburban family but at the same point in time my dad was an entrepreneur and right. one of my first jokes I wrote was uh, was entrepreneur is a French word that means they're coming to repossess the house again and this is where the money thing came in because it's like we were either and it literally it's you can't describe it as, as a child like we were either elite, we were either millionaires or homeless there was no middle ground mm-hmm. like I'm not kidding like five home repossessions and it's like the markets went up went down it was a different business so I realized early on that you know what this whole thing this whole money thing really fascinated me early on I'm like you know what? if you if you're gonna do anything in show business it the one common theme seems to be that you know have your shit together financially oh, and shit. so that's where this right. stuff kind of came and the I'm whole scared. funny money thing developed like you know and I I just developed this like fascination I guess like fat like you know comedy and and money were two of my key fascinations. And in what life. is Funny Money? Funny Money is a show I wrote. Uh, you know, when I was when I was starting out in uh, at, as you know, yuck, yuck, you do the college club, you do the college bars and clubs, and you you know drive up to you know uh, Niagara College, you do all the you know that uh, London, uh, you know Western, you do all, you do all the, the pubs, nooners, right? Yeah. All the nooners, all that, sh- and they're horrible, and they're right. you're trying to get. But the one thing that really always worked was jokes about being a starving student and being yeah. broke and that kind of thing. And so I'd get students come up to me afterwards, and they say, "Oh my God, that thing was so funny. That broke test you did, that was so funny. That thing, that was my life. You know, I'm seven $17,000 in debt. And I mean, I've always been like pretty savvy. So on little cocktail napkins, I'd say, well, you know, how much do you have in debt? And they'd be like, 17 grand. And I'm like, okay, how many cards do you have? And I'm like, well, you know, you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to consolidate your debt and move your debt to the lowest thing. And they go, oh my God, I've never even heard of this. Like, no one's ever told me this ever in my entire life. Right. I said, well, try. Here's my email address. Get back to me if you have any questions, type thing. And these people would email me from across the country and they'd be going, you know, I tried that thing. That thing, you, it was, it's amazing. Like, you should teach this to people. And so, uh, could you so, teach it to me? Like, absolutely, after the show? <laughs> absolutely. And me, yes, I'm abs- that's what yeah. I'm here for. But it's like it's amazing how how when you're a performer, uh, you know, I mean, like really, when you think of it, like show business, right? Like, what's the two words there? Well, we always hear show. It's always, yeah, you always you hear know? when people get washed up that the word show is very small, yeah, and the word business is very huge, yeah, in those two things. So, yeah. yeah, like we uh, like I pitched a show recently called Behind the Bling about the real stories behind uh, you know like the, some of the great great fortunes made and lost in you know in in show business it's fascinating how many people cannot manage they cannot manage fame or money it just it's it just blows your mind well that's because most most people who are creative yep. are not financial savvy no. and so they trust other people yes. or or think it's never going to end it's one yep. of those two problems is always the one that's the downfall to entertainers yeah yeah i mean you you created funny money out of this extension of of hearing from the students and it's not just a small little thing that you do i mean it's probably more than half of what you do now outside yeah. of the corporate shows and yeah. uh Eat Street, which we'll get into in a few minutes, but so Funny Money is now right across North America, right? Like- it's, it's become this industry. It's a little little show that I so so people would say you should teach this, and I started to uh, to workshop this 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 lecture, like a lecture just to teach people about money, but in a funny way, and it went through several reincarnations until. Um, you know, I, I mean, like, I mean, and that was a rough, I mean, like, you know, driving to, like, uh, you know, Sudbury for, like, uh, you know, to perform for four people that didn't care, you know, if you're there and drive all the way. I mean, I, several times I almost said, this is just useless. Why even try this? It's so horrible. No one wants a financial lecture. Like, no one wants to be taught about money. It's just horrendous. 
And so uh, I gave up several, you know, almost gave up several times. And then, you know, one by one, people started to go, hey, this is kind of, this is kind of not too bad what he's doing here. And I got... Uh, and the um, world woke up to the problems with debt, and it's in the news yeah. 24-7. And, yeah. Well, and this, that's I a mean, big factor, too. This has been like eight, like eight, nine years now I've been doing this. So, I mean, like yeah, the first I mean, couple even, years Yeah, but I mean, even eight or nine years ago, yeah. it was still on the... It, was, yeah. you know, it wasn't talked about as much as it is now, but yeah. the idea of people overextending themselves was definitely in the news. Well, and like, especially students. Like, I mean, yeah. students are... It's the prime demographic. If you make the best or worst financial decisions in your life when you're between 16 and 24. Well, and you, well, also, too, at that age, you have no concept of debt, and you have no yeah. idea yeah. what, what is going to come in the future. Yeah. And, how long it takes to pay it off. You know, and you just have a student loan, like, oh, well, that's going to happen eventually. Don't and, worry, I'll take care of that. And, okay. also, and then uh, they're also handing out credit card applications. Predatory when, lending. Exactly. It's Predatory like, it's, lending. Uh, it's, it's horrific how people get sucked in, and it's only recently we find all these people, like, you hear about suicide rates and people jumping oh. off bridges because they have, like, nine credit cards that are maxed out, and yep. they think that no one's ever going to call on them, and they don't realize the yeah. repercussions Cushions of being in debt with so many different cards. Yeah. So how is the the show itself is funny too? Though it's it's an hour long. Right. Well, right now it's current incarnation. So what happened was we we started it off uh, doing it for college university students, and then we went from there to uh, a buddy of mine out in uh, out in the Kitchener Waterloo area. He said, "Listen, we have a big problem with our students because they we have a lot of uh, manufacturing jobs out here. So students can graduate from high school and go on a factory line and start to make you know forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. So they go from being like seventeen year olds to you know mortgages and families, and they're going bankrupt, and they're 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 you know, it's a huge huge problem." And so he said, uh, you know, like, what about uh, doing it for high schools? And I was like, oh, I can't, you know, like, I, you know, I'm, I can be funny, but I mean, to keep the attention of high school students for an hour, talk about money, forget it. Talk about your dick. Exactly. Is that what oh, they yeah. yell at you? Uh, that's that's a Catholic school, <laughs> which is, a, yeah. That's and it's a, all girls are all and boys it's all girls with, school. Yeah, with Brazilian. Anyway, so I. Um, so, Brazilian Catholic girls. <laughs> Brazilian Catholic girls. Talk about your dick. That's a Brazilian accent there. That's, <laughs> that's a cab driver. Right? That's, that was bad. That was not Brazilian. I'm no accent expert, but that was not Brazilian. That was, that was a swallow. That's get that me a falafel. A that, that was, was get a me a falafel. Yeah. There we go. Yay! So, yeah. <laughs> Yay! So, uh, so then, it, then the, we did this. The high school program started up, and it just, it's gone insane. It's like 100,000 students a year now. We got uh, government sponsorship from coast to coast. We do uh, a huge college tour. There's a huge U.S. tour. We're just now expanding into the U.S. We've won the lecture of the year three years in a row, Coca Hall of Fame. It's just been insane. It's and been what, and what's, really, what's really amazing, for most people, that would be enough for. I mean, one lifetime, just sitting on funny money. But you're also doing other things. And, uh, like, the one other thing is you do these massive shows where you're hosting yep. for people. It's called The Power Within. We can say that. And, yep, yep, and they're yep. big, massive shows. Like, thousands of people come yep. to hear three or four major speakers. And these yep. aren't just, like, rinky-dink. This is, like, Clinton, built, yeah. Deepak Chopra. Yeah, uh, yeah. Richard uh, Branson, Richard Branson uh, Andre <laughs> did, Agassi. Did Bill Clinton show you his penis? He or did. Like it was. It's actually. Did he go? Did he go? I don't want to talk about it. Check out that chick's ass. Did he say that all? And James he, inhaled. It, oh, Frost. Did you lend yeah. him a condom or anything? Frosty. I always like motivational speakers because they're like, you can do anything, but as a human, you can't digest <laughs> corn. But you, <laughs> even if you think positively you know about it, and you really think you can't. Uh, you know, even if you're you're positive about it, and you really think yeah. that you yeah. can't. Fuck you, Deepak Chopra. Yeah. You we can't, can't digest it. corn. Next time you see Deepak Chopra, I will tell him. Ask him that. Ask him from yeah. little Kathleen McGee. I will McGee say, you know, Kathleen did. McGee. She says that, you, and he's like, I've heard of her. <laughs> I don't care how much yoga you do when you shit. 
Kathleen. It comes out the same not, way as it went in. Not but Kathleen even if doing. we positively think that we can. You can't do it. You can't do it. I don't do care it. who you are. Well, so well, if once, anyone ever says, you can do anything and you can just yell back, I can't digest corn. Well, once you, once, you that, swallow, once you swallow it, it's out of your hand. So <laughs> That's you just true. have to let your body yeah. take the take And you can't, there's nothing you can do. Like oh. Even if you chew it really, really a lot. It doesn't reform back into your body. Yes, it does. I don't know about that. You should like write a number on every kernel of corn you eat. And then when it comes back out. You know what? I don't have anything to do tonight. Let's do that. What do you okay. think? Dave, right. yeah. back to your place. I had some corn chowder soup this afternoon. It's beautiful. Now, now uh, James, explain to me what's it like. Because the one thing that uh, I remember you telling me is yep. is that Richard Branson wanted to do a one-on-one interview. But because he's very kind of nervous, they wanted to have someone that was a little more kind of funny to take the edge off. So they had you do like an interview with Richard Branson. Is that well, correct? That's what, yeah. The, uh, they wanted him to do a keynote speech. And he doesn't do keynote. He's, uh, he's very uh, ADD. He's very... Um, uh, he, he's uh, he's a very uh, sort of like free flow thinker type thing, right? And um, and so he can't he find it's very hard to focus him for too long. So uh, they needed to have an interviewer. So that's why I I got the call. The whole the whole power thin thing was was amazing. What happened was uh, someone back the the regular host had uh, you know they they had a comedian once or twice and I think it worked out. And so they uh, they had this guy booked. I'm not sure. I forget the exact uh, details of it. But then I got the call last minute. It was basically I was you know uh, um, you know sitting around. I got the call and he said, "Listen, there's this thing called power thin. Do you want to go do it?" I was like, "What is this whole thing?" And he says, "It's uh, you know Metrotronic Convention Center, five thousand people. And when you show up, like I mean, when you show up to the the, the room and there's five thousand seats, empty yeah. seats, you're like, oh my god. And you get the sense of like th- this vastness of the size of this crowd." And um, and then uh, the the guy, the promoter of this of the show, very good friend of mine now, but at the time when I first met him, he came up to me. This this very large, you know, uh, you know, Middle Eastern man come up to me. What was his accent like? like? Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, I will do it, it in a second. I'll do it in a second. And uh, and he and he said, he said you're, you're you're Cunningham, and I said yes. And he goes, he just shook my hand, thinking like he would say something like, you know, welcome to the show, whatever. And he goes, you really better be fucking funny. Oh, okay. That was my uh, that was my wow. introduction to that, and I thought, Baptism oh my fire god, there. yeah, that was that was complete. And then uh, it just it just you know get that you go you get that first laugh, you know, and you go okay, I, I, perfect. So we did twenty three shows after that across the country, and it was it was phenomenal. It was great. People I'd met Barbara Walters, uh, oh god, uh, uh, Hillary Swank. Um, oh wow. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Did she take money from some crazy? Wasn't that the one that took money from the, the, from that dictator guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dictator, for yeah. the for yeah. the chicken McNuggets. No, what? Oh. no. I know. I'm joking. I know, but yeah. now Hillary Swank, yeah. she doesn't publish. Uh, well, uh, publish the magazine Swank, does she? No, that's she d- to totally <laughs> different. Hillary Swank. Because I love her. And magazine. You know what? The problem was I interview. I introduced her like that, and she did not appreciate that. No, in front really? of Five thousand people. I, I, if was, I if I met her, I would be like, oh, thank God that your magazine yeah, comes with a free your, DVD. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> one, yeah. I just wish it wasn't in a plastic bag. But then she, you know, she no, would a say, plastic well, bag is great. Safety purposes. Yeah. yeah exactly. You don't damage the It keeps you no contagion. No, it keeps the contagion away. Okay, but you also. Have a cool, cool show too. Yeah. 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 But let's, Speaking let's, of the, contagion, the elephant, there you the go. elephant in the room, you your, your show, your big show on TV is uh, Eat Street. Eat Street, yes. which yeah. is so funny. Sorry, Darren, but it's so funny because <laughs> every comic I talk to has this idea for a show where they eat. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's like every comic, like yeah. I, I eat, and I want a show where I yeah. eat, and you get to do the, it. The amount of people that call me and say I have the best TV show idea ever, and it's like, like I have power, like I'm yeah. gonna make, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like talking to Deborah DiGiovanni. She goes, everyone calls me, and she goes, "How do I get your job? How do I get your job? I want your job." It's well, like, why am I going to tell you how to get my job? <laughs> but um, but that the way it happened actually, I I cannot cook to save my life. I am I will say right here on your show, I'll admit it openly. I cannot cook to save my life. In fact, I actually I, I hate cooking. Oh, yeah, okay. But I love eating. I love oh, to eat. Yeah. 
And uh, and I got this show. I auditioned for another show entirely, Wipeout uh, Canada. And it got, I think, every, like uh, they called all comics from all over the, the land. I didn't audition. Oh, right. except for, I guess, Darren. Yeah. And, um, but everyone else got it. And That's it, Darren's it got favorite to, quote uh, lately. Yeah. I didn't audition. Oh, yeah. Not me. Yeah, I didn't get it. Oh, yeah, He's no, going to audition me. for Bachelor Canada, though. Yeah. Totally. And I okay. think he would get that. Yeah. As long as he wore the old school pants when he used to wear when on stage. Yeah, hang out, <laughs> and hang out under you, a bridge. You listeners don't realize. I knew Darren when he was happy. When he was yeah. a happy, yeah. wacky yeah. guy, he used to wear a shirt with Gazoo on the thing. Oh, man. Let's talk about Eat And then one thing just led to another. And it just yeah. oh downward spiral. Now it's just a bunch hate. of AIDS jokes and hand jobs. Oh, jokes. and the hate, and the uh, hate, and sometimes uh, I tie them together. AIDS Anyways, on Eat via rail. It's oh Eat god. Street. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, okay, shut up, James. Eat Street. Anyway, so 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 Eat Street. So oh, hang on. I brought. I get so I brought little things. So I got. Hang on. This is my sound effects. So okay. we get new oh, topics. I thought you were gonna bring snacks. No, yeah. I got sound effects in his pocket. Yeah. Oh damn! I should have brought snacks. Yeah, you should have yeah, brought a, some truck snacks. I got a. Is that what you call it? Out, yeah, truck out, snacks. Out west? Yeah, truck snacks. Edmonton. Your show and your truck snacks. That's a hand job after the show. I'm gonna go get me a truck snack. Okay, but basically, the, the premise of the show is that that you go around and we, then we Joe around. And, and then um, you were saying that when I was asking about the show, uh, yeah. you dropped into a uh, when I was doing the Mississauga Club a little while ago. Oh yeah, and, and we were talking about your show. Yeah, and you just said that the recently in the American economy that there's uh, so many chefs going to school but when they get out of school. Yeah. that there aren't necessarily you know all these oh all these chef jobs lying oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. so but and people want to do their stuff and people want to be recognized for the particular unique food that they can make and. Uh, then this sort of whole new industry of uh, sort of these like gourmet foods on yep. trucks uh, and people can really specialize. And then I just said, first of all, I was just like, what an awesome gig. Oh, it's a great gig. I'm, I'm lucky. I fell at, back asswards into it. It was awesome. And yeah. did you, uh, <laughs> that's what I call Friday night falling back. <laughs> the, um, but uh, now, did you, did they want a comic necessarily for this? And how much you know, food experience did you have before this? It, it was the weirdest thing. It's like auditioned for, for Wipeout Canada. It got down to final four. And then uh, I, I got the call. Didn't make it. Okay, no worries. No problem. But it was one of those things like, you know, like when you go into an audition, you're like, oh, I, I got that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and you never, you never should do that. You should never go. I, I nailed that. Uh, but it's one of those auditions where you just go, I, I, I you know, everyone was, was, I, I, I'm sure I got that, that job. And so I got the call back, didn't get it. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, I got, I got a call from a guy in Vancouver, and he's like, Hi, I'm, I'm Peter Wall. I'm the director of this show thing. He goes, I saw your audition tape because your audition tape is going around. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, that's a good sign that when that happens. And he goes, Listen, he goes, We're doing a show. It's about foods, but food trucks. And he goes, uh, We like your tape. Listen, like, can you do something like, uh, can you fly to Vancouver? Can you send us a tape? Can you do something? I said, well, where, where, do you, where do you film? And he said, uh, he said we're going to be in Washington, then New York. And I was like, well, New York. So I flew down to New York to meet the crew. Right. And uh, and one of my superpowers is I can flash memorize something. I can if you give me a piece of script like that's three or four sentences, I can literally go and just flash memorize it and just boom. And so he's like, uh, so we're on, on the streets of New York and we're shooting and it's like totally. It was it's just it was a concept at the time. And he said, uh, he said, okay, just you know if you can just get it. And I was like, boom. And he's like. Holy shit! Okay, boom, and I was boom, and I was like, okay. And literally, he went behind a building on his BlackBerry and came back and he goes, okay. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you got you got the job. And he, and he cast me down the spot, and he said, uh, and he said, but uh, you know what? Like, since we're here, he goes, why don't we just shoot the first episode? And so we did. Like right there on the streets of New York, and it was it was it's actually one of the one of the one of the best little shoots that we had. But it's, uh, from there, it just uh, it uh, it's grown to. We're actually the number one Food Network show in Canada right now. We're the number but, one. And, food, and it's not food. a competition show either. But food no, trucks are huge these days. Like it's a big huge industry. Oh, huge. Not, funniest, see, not in Canada, but in America, but it is coming. massive. And I saw um this is like Dragons Dragons Den yeah. had Kaplanskis on. Yeah, we did. Which Kaplansky, is an amazing yeah. deli here yeah. in um in Toronto, and they 
turned him down. And I'm like, yes. are you guys, fu- I thought you guys yes. were supposed to see the future of business and yeah. stuff. But they all turned him down. I'm like, are you effing crazy? Because yeah. well, it's a, a huge effing, craze. Why are you saying what effing? What is the I don't know. See, that's the effect I have on people, Darren. <laughs> that's Kids, what happens when you you're, lose you're, your you're around me. children, <laughs> children's yes, show. You. You're around me and you just get cleaner. So you just oh, get, I'm still. I love you. You love me. Oh, we're a kid show. But there was actually the guys the guys that were on the American version of the Dragon's Den, the Shark Tank. Yeah. Yep. They came on the, that show, and they were trying to pitch these salmon burgers, and they all got turned okay. down. And then those guys just recently signed like a three point oh, one million deal to, for it. a distribution thing for salmon yeah. burgers. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's it's just amazing how you wouldn't even think, oh man, you're signing a three point one oh, million deal for burgers. And, and the th- see, the thing we have to understand with, with Americans though, like they go out to eat, they eat right. out. I mean, food, the food they culture, eat out. they oh, eat yeah. out. That's oh, why I'm that's oh, why I'm moving Kathleen. to America, people. Because oh, they eat uh, out, and that's why you had to tell everyone you're Brazilian. Canadians Again. eat out too, but Brazilian. Okay, so, <laughs> um, but you touched on it too. Like in the U.S., what happened was, and the food culture is not as big up here. Number one, because we have winter. Yeah. So there's six months of the year where, as a food truck operator, your revenues are, are sure. Are toast, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that, that number one, that's a big thing. Like in Toronto, we have the path system. So in the in the winter time, everyone's underground. They're yeah. on the street. So so you have these. You know, I mean, you have like your smatterings of like these old greasy truck type thing. But uh, in the U.S., what happened? Like you look at Miami. You look at uh, you know, my, like Portland, Oregon, for the size of Portland, Oregon. Like what's Portland? It's about the size of Toronto, if not a little bit smaller. Oh, it's smaller. No, definitely. It's smaller. Yeah. I think it's a couple hundred. Th- no, it's a couple two million. I don't know something like that. But Portland has four hundred food trucks. Shit. Four hundred oh, yeah. food trucks. Yeah, I can oh, see yeah. that. Oh yeah, because uh, and, and but in the U.S., what happened was that you have the recession hit. So what happens? The first thing in the recession is that people start going to they stop going to gourmet restaurants. Yeah. Right. So you have all these high end gourmet chefs sitting around going, "Oh my god, I just lost my job." So what do I do? Do I spend half a million and open my own restaurant and risk it all, or do I take thirty, forty grand right. and a get a food truck? truck. Yeah, food yeah. truck. And so that started this whole new revolution. Where yeah, like what what did you call truck snack? Truck snack. Truck, truck snack. snack. Well, I just thought you would snack your pocket snack. from the truck. But, but oh, I should have brought something. But there's I, nothing I didn't think. I want to know about the food. Like, what's what's like one of the best things you've ever eaten? Uh, Los Angeles, California. Okay, the, what uh, was the grilled, it? The grilled cheese truck. The grilled cheese truck Ooh. in LA is awesome. The uh, what's what's awesome is the the fusion that's going on. Like, I mean, literally gourmet. There's awesome, like amazing food fusion. coming out. Like, it's stuff that I've never tasted or heard about before. Like you get like a Mexican guy and a Korean guy come together and they do a food truck. Like, Can I walk, tell like, the listeners? All the, that do they ever walk into a bar together? They they should. And if they should, that's where Afterwards. they do. Can yeah. I tell the listeners that Dave Martin is like grinding in his chair? I he think is, he's, he's getting he's, aroused by all this food talk. David, the kimchi taco. Oh my god, pulled pork. Oh, Dave. the taco. He's gonna Dave. come taco. over there. It drips. Pulled. Yeah. Oh my Dave, god, butter. It is effing it is unbelievable. Oh, bacon, it is Dave. Effing unbelievable. Bacon. Now, how do you get the shoot? Oh, don't mention. In the bacon, bacon, bacon wrapped in bacon, bacon fried around bacon, wrapped, wrapped around your anyway. bacon just sent him over the edge. It's, yeah. He's he's I've never seen Dave so focused. He's serious. He's like, it's awesome. I love his this. Like a, laser beams. I'm like a cokehead wanting to jump into the conversation. Just like, when are these two guys going to shut up? Uh, but now you don't always get to eat the food. Well, here's, they, wait, yeah. they, they shoot it here, and what they. They have like the camera crew will go out mm-hmm. and shoot it in some trucks on their own, and then yeah. you just do the the throw twos. Well, it's well, a little secret, but 50, 52, 52 uh, food trucks for a season. We're now just finishing uh, season three. Uh, there's talk of season four, and uh, and we're like it's like fifty two trucks. It takes one full day and two, you know, to, like a full crew to shoot a truck. So that would mean me on the road fifty two days, and I literally I like I do. I've got two hundred funny monies. I've got like corporate. I mean, I just can't yeah. fit that in my schedule. You're so busy, like, you know. you're turning TV. Down. Well, that's right. I know. That's that's yeah. it's like it sounds so you know. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. But it's like uh, one of those things where I just, that's one of the things, the beauty of the show is that they said we can shoot a whole season in like 14 days. I was like, boom, that's awesome. Yeah. So what happens is like, uh, and the thing is they edit the pieces first. So they shoot the pieces, they edit the pieces, and then they fly me to L.A. or New York, and we'll just do, like, a bunch of them. Like, we, we try and get it in the cities that what we shot in. But uh, but the throws are just, like, uh, this is the thing. From the beginning of the show, they said, you know what, we don't want this. We, we don't want, like, we don't want you to be a Guy Fieri and be like, oh, what's this guy cooking? Yeah. Like, it's not about you. It's about you just doing a little, little quick snap to keep the energy going and make the, they wanted the food truck people to be the stars. Right. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so so um, uh, that's sort of like the it's a magazine kind of style show, and it's not about me, which I kind of like to be honest with you. But it's right? not it's not about you, but yeah. but uh, you come across really well on the show, and the way that Thank it's you. edited, uh, you all it almost seems like you're there. You don't like you watch the show. You don't ever yep, watch yep. one of the segments and going like, oh, I wonder if James is there. You because I mean you're doing right. commentary throughout the whole thing, so right. it seems like you're at those places, yeah. but you're not always. Perhaps and I now you're wrecking anything. it, Dave. Now you're fucking I wrecking have the said show. Anything. I know. I, well, I was Jesus. pulling. I was pulling back the curtain. So. I and, no, and almost we've no. come, we've almost come full circle because we're almost out of time. But wow. what's really, what's really funny to me is whenever I tell someone I know you right. and that you do stand up, they yep. go, oh, "I like that guy. He does stand up. He does the swallows <laughs> jokes. He does stand up. I like that guy. I really think, I think you should start considering to do a tour. I, I, I seriously think I have to. Yeah, yeah. like a theater. Because yeah, you mentioned that to me, and I was like, I never thought. Yeah, I was like, damn. Because I, really I mean, damn, man, that show is huge, and people like you. Well, see, that's the you. two things that I don't have. In my corner, you know, I don't have a show, and no one likes me. You have so. this show, and we like you, Dan. Yeah, like eight uh, people like come me. Come on, that's, come on. There's yeah, and six are stuck in their car. That's well, you know. Yeah, they're they're held <laughs> held in a Tricky. trunk, and someone said, "Can you put it on laugh attack?" <laughs> <laughs> a little little knock on the. But uh, on if, the if people want to get a hold of James Cunningham or see clips or anything like that, you know, well, you let's just, do the you Google James the Cunningham. Marketing bullshit. Number one, uh, I'm the number one James Cunningham. James Cunningham.com. Okay. Uh, or, and if a school um, or any school in the states is interested in booking Funny Money, how do they do funny that? FunnyMoneyInc.com. Funny okay. Money Inc. You can Google Funny Money, but FunnyMoneyInc.com, and uh, we'll come to your school and rock it and teach you about mutual funds and investing in bonds and things like that. Yeah, and credit cards oh. and, trucks. and you gotta, food you gotta, trucks. You got to fusion that. You know, that's, Dude, that's, take that's your genius. debt and invest into a food truck. Take your debt and yeah, exactly. Funny Money. To, I can't funny even do money it. Funny Money Street. Funny Money Street. That's good. Funny Money and Truck Snacks. <laughs> truck Snacks. <laughs> that is an effort. Great show, effing great show. Truck snacks. Can I you change do, the show name to Truck off. Snacks? I'm surprised <laughs> TLC or our competing network hasn't done that yet. Yeah, you Truck, truck Snacks. snacks. <laughs> you just travel in like a Scooby Doo mobile, like, like have, a have Dave, have Dave Martin. This is Truck Snacks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm high. I want to eat a taco. I got, I got bacon on my wiener. <laughs> my cock is so hard for that taco. <laughs> All right, we're done. That's it. That's well, it. Well, thank wow, you. Thanks, so thanks, thanks for coming down. Thanks James. for ha- guys. I'm a yeah. big fan of the show, and uh, you guys do a. It's it's a really spectacular show. If you're listening out there, tell more people to listen. Cause there it's we a go. Great show. Yeah, See, James you. is trying to be friendly to everyone. See, See? He is. Do you feel he, good? Everyone? He wants everyone to feel good that he was here. Sparrows. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Little noises. In <laughs> I brought sound. I brought. I brought sound effects. I thought you were gonna make fun of me about my sound effects. That's next time. I got a. I got a brought a bell. Let's see if there's season four Feet Street, and then we'll talk. Wait. Answer me. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Dave did. Okay. Multiple choice question. What did Kathleen recently have done? Did she get her teeth whitened, uh, her hair done, or her Brazilian waxed? Uh, she got her Brazilian waxed. Good answer. Thank That's correct. Oh, <laughs> points. Come on. Nice, nice. Come on. And what's the name of her Brazilian that she got waxed? Uh, Manuel? Uh, Pablo Manuel. <laughs> Manuel? No, uh, I think it's Kimchi Taco. Ah, Kimchi Taco. Kimchi Kimchi Sushi Taco. Kim Jong Il Taco. Why don't you Kimchi Taco? She's your date. There we go. Uh, All right, we got to wrap it up. Thanks, James, for coming in. We thanks for having it. me out, guys. Thank appreciate you, it. Get ready to try and shower the filth off. 
This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hi, it's me, Tom Papa from The Marriage Ref. You're listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. It's hilarious. Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Okay, we're back from the break, and we decided to keep James Cunningham, the sound machine, in for the final uh, segment of the show. There wow. we go. That's nice. I'll take 200 for Alex for shut the fuck up with that noise. <laughs> I didn't phrase it as a question. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about a controversy because me and James actually have some history with this with this uh, comic in terms of our thoughts and feelings on it. Oh, okay. uh, Dane Cook was in the news this week because he was in Los Angeles and he yes. went on at the improv and bumped uh, a fair number of comics to do 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, comics that were there reported that it was very transgressive and very angry material and very misogynist material hmm. and uh, they're up in arms about that. And there's been a lot of kind of backlash and a kind of witch hunt associated with Dane Cook, which has been growing for years. People don't like successful people. I get it. I mean, I've never been a big fan of Dane Cook and the act out. And me and James have definitely had our own issues. Because at yeah. one point you thought Dane Cook was amazing, and I had to set you straight about that. Do you remember well, that, James? Think, uh, thank you for pro- for pointing out uh, pointing that out to me. Thank yeah. This, uh, but isn't what I find amazing? Isn't it amazing how like he's so now trapped by that character? Like how sure. how your fans do not let you venture out of that. Of course. It's like whoa! It's like so. I want to try, but uh, you see, and this is the thing where we talk about. Well, I, you know, I, I think of myself as more. You're, you're a comic. You're a comics comic. You are like a. Pre, I mean, you are like a purist. You are like it's your art. I'm an entertainer. Not that there's right. better or worse than either of those things. But it's like, uh, and I, I find, I find Dane Cook to he's an entertainer. I mean, like, uh, I, he, he made me laugh more, more than one occasion. I found his stuff very funny. I found his energy level. Uh, right. You know, I mean, now, and I, I know about the whole YouTube thing and comparing the uh, Lucy K thing. I mean, and, that was yeah. pretty. Yeah, I mean, uh, now what that was, was damaging? What was the what was the verdict on that? Like, what what? what? Well, I mean, he went on Louis C.K.'s show, and everyone's kind of forgiven him now right. for it. But I mean, uh, Louis didn't let him off the hook for it. But yeah. he, they definitely addressed it. But I mean, my concern is okay, whatever. I, I don't despise Dane Cook like some comics yeah. do. I, I don't think he's the second coming of Satan. Um, he does what he does, and he's not really my cup of tea. Um, but there is this kind of witch hunt associated with him, and 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 because what, okay, go ahead. Because he has a ter- Terrible reputation for being a jackass and a jerk. Right, really? Like right. when he went into the Vancouver, Vancouver Yuck Yucks and bumped Peter Kalamis. And yes. he, Peter didn't care that he was being bumped, but he went in and he's like, I'm just going to do a, a small spot. And then and, and then he went later. on 45. Right. Like, it's, I don't think it has to do with his material as much as it. He's a jerk and he's a jack mm. off. And he's not. I mean, if, if Louis C.K. came into a club and bumped yeah. a bunch of comics and did 45 minutes, he people would cheer because... He is not an asshole. He is not. But the, a jerk but this end result is people hate, still get bumped. I know, okay. but I hate that. To, and and I've I posted this article and a couple of comics actually defended Dane Cook and stuff yeah. and said you shouldn't be a comic uh, criticizing other comics on the internet. Why not? Why not? Why not? Well, I will say this. The one thing I didn't like what Dane Cook uh, did was he came out and he said comics can't be critics. When he addressed all this controversy, yeah, he said that's a comic can't be critics. That is bullshit, and it's, it's a really stupid argument. But my whole thing is, if, if and, and we, I know we don't agree on this, but if Doug 
Stanhope went out there and did all this misogynist material and the audience didn't like it and sat there, all these other comics would be like, oh, fuck that audience. Doug Stanhope's amazing. And of yeah, course, we all, we all like him and we all think right. he's funny. Yep. But the end result is if someone gets bumped, yep. it's the same result. It doesn't matter what Dane Cook does on stage. Now, your argument is valid, Kathleen, about the idea that he bumped people and you don't like that. But some of these comics are trashing what he did on stage and all the jokes. And that's where I kind of, it's like, now it's becoming a witch Yeah, but the whole Doug Stanhope argument is not valid to me because look at what Dane Cook has. Look at, Dane Cook has got an arena-style act right. that he has made a lot of money on. Yeah, and, you know, he's he's built a thing. Doug Stanhope has a bar like club a rock act. club act. A, a rock, rock club, club act. Kind of sure. act. And yeah. he's yep, yep. definitely not made his, I mean, he's made money, but not Dane Cook amount of money. Right. So Dane, you know, because Dane Cook comes in and says he wants to chainsaw fuck a woman, yeah, of course his fans are going to be like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. You know, if you pigeonhole yourself into something, then that's what but you have. But it's not the well, fans. It's the comics that we're criticizing Okay, that well, then material. the comics are going to watch him and be like, so Dane Cook comes out and thinks that he can come and say chainsaw fuck a, and he's made so much money on such, you know, main street Humor. I don't know. Well, I think. I mean, I think but, yeah, sorry, Jared. I, cool. I just think that if 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 wasn't Dane Cook who was doing that material, if if uh, Jim Norton did it or anyone else, because yeah. that's his material. Yeah, that's but the type but of it's, stuff he does. He's dropping in. He's not getting paid. He's doing different material. I do material that's horrible for free when I drop into a, a comedy club too. And uh, you know, I've had to bear the brunt of that. But that's the whole reason you do it for free. You drop in. I don't bump people. Uh, I don't think I've ever bumped anyone off a show. But obviously, Darren, these comics have had a problem with him and his attitude in the past and they're just finally as sick of it. And and you know what? I don't think I, all comics have because it's very split in Los Angeles. There's a lot of comics that are very split on it. I guess, but I've heard from a lot of comics that he's, he he is very an arrogant person. And sure he is. Well, I've heard from a lot of comics. Okay. Sorry, Kathleen, what were you going to say? I, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> but but well, I mean, uh, in L.A., like, I mean, in you're, L.A. or New York, you get, get bumped. Yeah. I mean, like, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, of like, course. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, you're going to come in and do a 45-minute set when you should have done five? They like, all do that. But you we know saw what? it. We I, saw I Dave. In, yeah. When me and Dave were in La Jolla, I can't remember the comic's name. Two weeks later, he was on uh, What the Fuck with Mark Marin complaining that Carlos Mencia would oh. jump on a show and do 45 minutes, and the guy did the same thing to and me us, and Dave. Yeah. Well, really? and, and you know what? It's uh, I'm not going to say it's too bad that Dane Cook is so famous and he's under such a big spotlight, but you know, if, if his fans have gotten used to him being sort of this wild and crazy, wacky guy on stage and having these gigantic act-outs, you know, by no means am I comparing him to Bob Dylan, but it's like when Bob Dylan was a folk singer and then he decided to pick up an electric right. guitar. It's 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 tough. Both you know, music critics hated Bob Dylan when he went electric, and fans and musicians. And so, if Dane Cook is trying to be this dark and edgy comic, then it is it is going to be tough for uh, him to make that transition because he's under such a spotlight. But then, in that case, you know, why don't you book smaller places? And then, I mean, it was almost sure. like he went. That's the other it's thing almost too. like he went on stage. Wanting to get this controversy and, you know, and, and kicking shit in people's faces. That's the other thing, too, is that he is a huge headliner. He can go and book some weekends at some improvs all across this and work out on his new material. And that's something that, as a big name like him, he has the ability to do. Sure. These comics who are waiting for spots in L.A. don't have that ability. Russell Peters is out there right now doing a bunch of club gigs because he's he's building his, his next But you don't tour. think Russell Peters has dropped into an L.A. club yes, and bumped guys and done of a long time? He, I don't know. And done a long time? I don't think I don't so. Know. About that. I don't I, know. You know what? I, I was in New York and I was at the uh, uh, I was at the, uh, the cellar and I mean Chris Rock just walks in just forty five and everyone, including comics, like comics from upstairs at the Olive Tree, came down to watch. But that's Chris Rock, you know and I mean? he's and he has he a has respected a better, act. He's respected. That's a problem. <laughs>
Why is what does it have to do with respect? Like I'm trying to figure out like the crime here though. Like like what is the crime? Why does it have to be a respected act? It's okay if you're not respected. It's not okay. Well, because those comics don't probably respect Dane Cook in the first place. And if Louis C.K. came on to do uh, like a 45 minutes and I got bumped for Louis C.K., I would be like, okay, well shit, now I get to watch Louis C.K. Right. But if it's Dane Cook, I'd be like, oh fuck, Dane Cook. And he's proved himself a few times to be a jerk, and 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 he's known to not be a comics comic. And there are comics out there that have figured out the mathematics and have figured out the business side of comedy, Mm -hmm. and they've gotten really far ahead. And then there's the comics that are real comics with real hard work and amazing material. And I personally don't think that Dane Cook is one of those guys. He's one of those guys that figured it out, that marketed himself amazingly, that got the... He was the first guy on MySpace and good for him. And I'm not... I don't criticize him for being successful, but to me he's not the type of comic that if he came in and said, I'm going to drop 45, I wouldn't stay in the room to watch it. Yeah, but neither would I. I know, but Darren, what I'm trying to say is those comics that had... that criticized him... Are, are speaking as comics because they're sick and tired of just, like, him doing these kind of things. And and to say that comics are not allowed to go online and say things about other comics, whatever, shut up. It's, it's He never said business. they weren't allowed to. He just says he doesn't think comics should be critics, which is ridiculous. It but is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, but, but, I mean, that's but, what we do. We're comics. We're yeah. critical. That's But comics and, have always been critics. Like, I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember years ago, like, this is way back, Kathleen. Like, this is way before you were born. <laughs> but I remember, like, sitting when, when Howie Mandel used to come and do spots or whatever yeah, at, at the at the club, in, uh, at the old uh, Young Street Club. And people like, oh, you know, Mike, I'm not going to name names, but the older guys are like, rugger, 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 and rugger. they sit in the back now, of the room and, and but talk they, about we, this. But now you got the internet. So now it's everyone, social media, exactly. So now, now the same com- the same bitchy comics, but it's just that now it's like everyone's online, got, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like an online, online back always, yeah. bitch. I mean, it is. Always it's bitch. true. It's very, that's, we're whiners. That's we're like old, the best like, we're point just, ever. Yeah, we're like is a bunch of grandmas. Social. We've got a But now we've got, yeah, now we've got, now everyone's got, now everyone's got a, your opinion can now be seen by millions. Yeah. Now. Well, uh, you know what? I just I think that we can wrap up by saying that if it w- if it wasn't Dane Cook and if it was someone like a Louis C.K. or a Chris Rock, then people mm-hmm. would have been like, "Oh, hey, that's cool. I get to watch this yeah. great guy that I respect and love." Yeah. And uh, I, well, I mean, but Dane Cook doesn't have a great reputation. He's he does not, among comics. Friendly guy. Yeah. So. so. That's so, that's why they wrote that. And you know, I think, and, and like most comics, they're just sort of whiny crybabies. And if it was, yeah. if it happened to them, they'd be bitching about it. But then they can also bitch to all the other people who are bitching about it. So, uh, in conclusion, can I, can I mention something though? And I gotta say, this is the my first time on the show, and I'm so sad that uh, that Kathleen is your last time on the show. Is that true? Yeah. Well, this is my last official show because oh I'm God. leaving Toronto. You going? Yeah. To, you going? To, where are you going? I'm going everywhere, but I, eventually I'm going down to L.A. Wow. Oh. Isn't that where Dane Cook lives? No. Nope. Yes, so I'm going to have to have a fist fight with him or something. Yeah, I'm in ne- trouble. Next time I see Kathleen, is going to be a photo, her arm around Dane Cook. Look at me at the spa! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Well, no, we, right. we, we got to wrap up for this week. And uh, Darren, uh, is there anywhere uh, upcoming that uh, people no. can go and check you at? No. Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> okay, all right. Never. My no. career's over. No. Uh, and if it's people if people want to uh, check out the Facebook, uh, we have got some updates. We also have some new shows on iTunes. So go to Anything Goes on XM and the iTunes search engine, and you can see our new episodes of Scott Thompson and uh, Ron James. And uh, our Twitter handles, of course, are mine is Comedy Horror. Uh, Dave? I'm uh, Dave Martin World. And, and Kathleen? Kathleen? At Kathleen underscore McGee. And James, do you have a Twitter handle? Uh, I do. It's uh, It's Funny Money Man. 
Funny money, man. Yeah, funny hashtag. Funny nice. Money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it. So hopefully you'll join us next week. Uh, our guest next week is going to be James B. And if you have time, uh, we'll check out uh, our webpage uh, on the XM uh, website. And uh, thanks for listening. That's it. We're out of time. Yeah.